Open it up to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. I know, I know, I know, know. it's really, really quiet. We'll change it. (laughs) Yeah, I know, we do, we do. Yeah, and I'm not going to be sweating the entire service. I know, we don't have free tacos. Actually, you know, they pay for those tacos, but. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Look at my wife, just turn real quick. All right, done. Okay, Joshua chapter 2. Let's go ahead and pray before we get into this. Lord God, we come before you this morning, and we just want to thank you for your goodness, your graciousness, uh, the fact that you brought us all here together this morning. There's not a single person that is here that is a mistake. Uh, There are things that you want each and every ear to hear this morning, and I pray that we would hear it. Um, There's a lot of times we can come to church, open up your word, and distractions just fill our heart and our mind. And we don't hear the things that you want us to hear. And so then we don't do the things you want us to do. And this book is so important. Coming out of camp, uh, the things that we learned out of VBS and then Mexico are things that we need to hold very, very close to our heart. Things that we need to do, that we need to obey. And I pray that this morning that we would have that desire. And God, if there's someone in this room this morning that does not have that desire, God, I pray that you would convict them and you'd help them to see the importance of being obedient to their Lord and their Savior. If there's anyone here that's not saved, I pray, God, you'd make that clear to them and that they would uh, really not rest until they make that right with you. And they'd seek that out, whether it's one of the leaders or one of their friends that are here or it's just somebody else, maybe their parent, whatever. I pray that they would really search that out because that's the most important thing that anyone could ever do with their life. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, coming out of camp, talking about... Um, walking with God and, and from the inside out and how it has to be from the inside out. First, that led us into Joshua. So we've been spending a couple of times, a couple of weeks in the book of Joshua, taking a look at chapter one. And then Rick picked up with that while we were gone and then gave um, Psalm 23 and t- talked about that from the perspective of walking with God. And now we get into chapter two. Now, the one thing that I want to say before we get into chapter two is that you have to be obedient to the things that we talked about in chapter one first. Like, let me give you an example. Go to verse 16 of chapter 1 before we get into chapter 2. So God tells Joshua some stuff. Joshua goes and tells the people what God had said. And there's two separate messages that he tells the people. And then their response in verse 16 is this. And they answered Joshua saying, All that thou commandest us we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. So this has to be our heart attitude towards Christ if we're going to possess the inheritance that he's given you. And there's two things that I want you to think about. As we get into chapter two, which we're going to cover the entire chapter this morning, believe it or not. But there's two things I want you to keep in mind. There's two things that God has given you personally that he wants you to possess. Number one, it's your own heart. It's your own mind. It's your own life. It's you. Our flesh is one of our three enemies that are in this world. 
while we live. And your flesh is the one thing that gets in front of you all the time and distracts you guys from being obedient to God. That's what distracts me. I know it's what distracts you. And God wants you to learn how to possess it and turn it into something that will glorify God. So you have to learn how to do that. So that's one thing that you need to be thinking about as we go through chapter two. The second thing is, is that he has given you a mission field. He's given you a mission field. That mission field, some of you have already experienced on a half day Friday. Some of you are going to experience that tomorrow. Some of you are going to experience that this week. And it's like, ugh, school, mm. I get it, all right? I totally get it, all right? And you know what? I'll give you permission to despise, not the teachers because they're an authority figure, uh, but I'll, the, the assignments and all the work that you have to do, the, the things that you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. Okay, fine. You know what? Cry like a baby. Go ahead. You're allowed, all right? But don't have that attitude towards your, the students that you're around each day and towards the teachers you come in contact with. Because you have two opportunities right there, right in front of you every single day of the school year to make an impact because of who God made you to be. And as you walk with God, he will open up doors for you. And we're going to see this in chapter two. He's going to open up doors for you to be able to talk about the things that God has been teaching you or the things that, that you should have been doing at camp, but you haven't been. And it really goes back to really what Haley talked about Wednesday night of just being genuine and being honest. I think so many of us are just, we're worried about what people think of us way too much, especially within the church. And when someone asks, hey, how you doing spiritually? I'm okay. When inside, you're not. You're dying. You're hurting. You're struggling. And it's better for us just to be honest with people. I've had more opportunities just being honest with people about, you know what? I'm just really struggling right now. I'm just having a hard time. Could you pray for me? What can I be praying for you about? I've had more opportunities having those types of conversations with people than putting on a front. And pretending like everything's okay when it's really, really not. So just be honest. Just be honest. So think about those two things. God has given you a life, your, your mind, your heart, everything that makes you. And he's given you a mission field. Now I want you to think about those two things as we go through chapter 2. But you have to have this attitude. God, whatever you command me, I'll do. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Whatever, God. Whatever, whenever, however, whoever, whatever. Whatever you say, God. I'll do. And that is the best place to be in. It is the best place to be. It's the freest place to be in. I have been bound by my poor past decisions, by sin in my life, by not be admitting the truth about things. And it just weighs you down. And some of you are in that spot now and you feel it. You feel this heaviness that you're just not being honest with God and other people and you're not walking with him. That is something that can immediately go away. Immediately. If you're just willing to say, you know what, God, whatever. That's what it means to surrender to him and let him have control of your life. Okay, so you have to have that attitude. You have to. But the thing is, you have to remember, like in verse 18, is that when you depart from the ways of God, and when you depart from the things that God has laid out for you to do, it will result in death in your life. And not literal death necessarily, but it could. If you walk away from the will of God, uh, there's a lot of people that die a lot sooner than they should have because they were stepping outside of the will of God. But we're also talking about friendships. We're talking about opportunities that you could have had to minister unto others are now dead because you stepped outside of the will of God. So just keep some of these things in mind. And whatever God is teaching this morning, be sensitive to that and be obedient. Okay, all right, so chapter two, Joshua chapter two. So we're gonna talk about this. And the whole theme of this is what I have up on the slide and on your guys' study sheet is to spy out the land secretly and strategically. So when you have the proper mindset to build on your foundation, which is Jesus Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11, 
and you obediently, properly build, it's time to spy out the land. Once you have that right heart attitude, now God says, go out and spy out the land. And we're going to talk about what that means in a minute. You must have a plan before walking into enemy territory. God teaches us exactly what to do in Joshua chapter 2. All right, so you see from the very first thing, verse, first verse here in chapter 2, and Joshua said, and Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. So all of our points, except for the last one, are going to be stuck here on verse 1. There's so much here in verse 1, and then we can read the rest of the, of the chapter. So Joshua, who is? What's another name of Joshua? Jesus. Yes, the normal Sunday school answer. Jesus. When in doubt, maybe, I don't know, a third of the time, the answer is Jesus or God. Okay, so Jesus. So Jesus speaks unto these two men. Joshua speaks to these two men. He says, go spy, go view the land, even Jericho. All right, so we got to look at this. What does it mean to spy? So look at this definition you guys have on your sheet. Here's a spy, in case you didn't know. A person sent into an enemy's camp to inspect their works, ascertain their works, ascertain their strength and intentions, to watch their movements, and secretly communicate intelligence to the proper officer. It also means to see, to gain sight of, to discover at a distance or in a state of concealment. So these two guys were called to go into enemy territory and scope things out. Find out everything that you can find out about the enemy. Where they go, when they go, who goes, who goes where. I mean, everything you can possibly think of to try to figure out how is the enemy going to work. And he specifically tells them to go to Jericho. That was the first city that they were going to go to. And so that's where he sent them. Now think about this from your perspective, from your own heart, your own mind, from your mission field. Give me some ways that God is telling you to go and spy out the land. Come on. This is the part where you guys speak and I stop. <laughs> How can you spy out your mission field? How can you spy out your heart, your mind? Listening to other people's conversations and what they mean. Okay. And why would you do that? Because if they are more like concerned about their future and like their eternal life, then they will be talking about like death and mm -hmm. Yeah, and noticing who talks about what, who cares and who doesn't care, and then you can be thinking, you know what, I might have an opportunity with that person. And then it might, might give you an opportunity then to talk with them, or maybe later. All right, what else? That's a good one. Come on, yeah. Knowing people's like interests and personalities, mm -hmm. so you can talk to them and like get to know them on a deeper level. Yeah. And like build trust. Yeah, absolutely. Because people that trust you will listen to you better, right? So you start thinking about some of those things and spending more time with each other, which that's a great one to bring up, especially with what Sam, you talked about in your testimony about Mexico. We get so consumed with our own lives that we don't take the time to get into the lives of others. And as a spy, because that's really what you are, you're in enemy territory. This world does not belong to God yet. It's in the hands of the enemy of God until God comes and takes it over. So you're in enemy territory. And as you go out and you spy out, what are the weaknesses of the enemy 
What are some opportunities that I could have with people? You need to get into people's lives and find those things out. What else? What about yourself, your own heart, your own mind? How can you spy out your own self? Good. See what things you have to deal with over and over again or continue to be problems. Yes. Identifying what are the struggles that I have all the time? What keeps tripping me up? Why do I keep struggling with this particular area? Yes, because that will stop you from walking with God. Uh, being aware of what you spend your time mm-hmm. with and doing and thinking and all Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. So you can find out, how can I glorify God better? And so here's the thing. is a spy, a spy cannot involve any of their emotions, per se. Especially when it comes to yourself. Because you know what I tend to do? And I think you guys are similar is that we may spy out our own mind, our own heart, and find out, man, I really suck at this. <laughs> or, man, I keep struggling with this over and over again. Why do I keep struggling with this? Or you, whatever it is. And you know what I tend to do? My emotions get involved, and then I say, yeah, but it's really not that bad. I mean, when I consider this person, or these people, or other people in the youth ministry, or some of the other people at school, it's really not that bad. So it's really, you know what? It's just, and we excuse it away. Rather than identifying, no, that's a problem. You guys get that? Okay. So God has called you to be a spy. And to be a spy, you have to be observant. You have to be objective. You have to go out and you don't necessarily announce anything because you're not like, hey, I'm a spy. And then, (laughs) okay, that's like the worst spy in the world. You go out there and you have certain thoughts and intentions in your heart and in your mind. And a spy that's sent out by God is Okay, I want to glorify God. I want to glorify God in my body, in my mind, in my spirit, which belongs to God, according to 1 Corinthians 6. And I want to glorify God in the mission field that he's given me. Okay, now on that perspective, how am I seeing things? And you start to see people, opportunities, circumstances, whatever it is. And then your own self, struggles, strengths, failures, consistent things you you need help with. You need to ask them. And you do all this, this inventory of the people out there, your mission field, and then yourself. And then now you start to come up with a plan of attack. Okay? So this is like the perfect message for you today, knowing you're starting school this week. And this is not a coincidence. I started going through this stuff on Thursday and I'm like, man, you've got to be kidding me. God kind of knows what he's doing. And he guys, he's giving, he's giving you guys this message. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's try to work through some of this stuff. So how do we be a good spy? How are we going to go out and spy out our land that God's given us, yourself and your mission field properly so we can glorify God? Number one, number one, learn from past experiences and the experiences of others. Learn from your past experiences and the experiences of others. So right here out of the gate, it says, and Joshua, the son of Nun, so I think it's pronounced noon, but I'll say none because I think everyone else in the church says none. Sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, okay, so Joshua sent out two men. When was another time in Israel's history where they sent out people to spy out the land? Moses. 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 Yes. Moses sent out how many? Twelve. Twelve. You guys know the song, right? Anyone want to sing it? No, everybody. No. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So 12 were sent out and 10 came back and they said. No way, Jose. <laughs> That's the Spanish version. Yeah. No way, Mose. All right. So 
And they said, no. They said, yeah, it's a beautiful land. It's very fruitful. And there's tons of stuff there, but there's giants in the land. And there's no way we can win. And then two, and who are the two? Caleb and Jesus, or Joshua. And they said, no, the land is ours. We can take it. And so here you had a circumstance where the whole crowd of people decided to believe the ten. And the two were with Moses. And who else? Who's the priest? Aaron. And they were begging the people to be obedient. And they refused to obey. And then the result was that Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And the entire generation died off. And then they were allowed to go into the land because now that generation that did not believe God, they had to die. God bless everybody that's sneezing this morning. We good? Okay. All right. Um, So based on all that, then they decided at that point in time to then, okay, now we will obey God. The next generation came along and says, now we're going to be obedient to God. Okay. So learning from past experience, Joshua did not send 12 out again, did he? No. How many did he send? Two. Two. And think about the two that he sent. Which two would you send? If you were the commander of the army, they were going to go in and take the land, what two would you send? To the will of you. Yes, and to the Lord and to the mission. And so you better believe he sent out his best two, and he commanded them straight out of the gate to go spy out that land and be a good spy. So he learned from past experiences. How many of you have learned from your past experiences? You should have. Okay, some of you are still trying to learn from your past experiences, but you're making more experiences to learn from. So eventually we can get there. But that's part of human nature. We make mistakes, but the whole point of mistakes is that you learn from them and that you do better. That's the whole point. So learn from your past experiences. And also, secondly, learn from the experiences of other people, please. Oh, my word, please. Learn from the experiences of other people. I mean, we, we pour our hearts out to you guys every Sunday, every Wednesday, during discipleship, if you're in discipleship, with whoever you're meeting with, and we're pouring our hearts out to you for one reason only. Obey God. Don't be an idiot like we were. (laughs) And there's going to be testimonies that you guys have of things that you were just dumb about in your relationship with God, that when you turn around and you can look at other junior hires now and saying, don't be an idiot. Obey God. It's the same repetition and same message that we need to hear constantly. So that's the point that you guys need to really get from this first one is to learn from those past experiences. Take advantage of those people and those opportunities to learn in your life when it comes to your parents. I know some of you are so irritated by your parents, but I'm telling you, there are some things from your parents that you do need to learn. There's things that they did that they don't want you to do. And they're not just getting on your case to get on your case. They love you and they care about you for the most part. And so, I'm kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. Of course they love you. And so, when it comes to those things that they tell you, would you hear what they have to say? Sometimes they'll give you bad advice. I get that. Don't take the bad advice. But if they tell you something that's good, something that was like a very hurtful thing in their life they want you to stay away from, take that advice. They're not telling it to you just because they want to get on your case. When it comes to other leaders, the things you learn in Sunday school, in the main service, you guys should be paying attention in the main service. If you have a hard time with that, work on that. There are things that Pastor Tom and other pastors and other leaders that are up there that are preaching and teaching that you guys need to really take heed in your heart. When it comes to discipleship, when it comes to other people, and you know, there are certain things that you can learn from lost people. You know, they're godless for sure, but when you look at it, you can also learn, well, I'm not going to do that. You can learn those. But there's also some good wisdom that's out there. 
there's some good lost people that they have just learned some things in their life that you can take and you can apply to your life. We're not ignorant of those things. So think about that. Learn from your past. Learn from the experiences of other people. You should. Because they're about to go and make war and they need to make sure that they have the right things in their artillery. All right. So let's take a, three people to look up verses. There's three verses that go along with this. Proverbs 11, 14. One. Proverbs 15, 22. Two. Then Jack, you can take last. Proverbs 20, 18. 2018. So learn from the, your past experiences and the experiences of others. Proverbs eleven fourteen. as soon as you get there. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Multitude of counselors, there is safety. And if you don't have counsel, people are going to fall. Now, this is very, very important. A lot of us, me included, we don't necessarily like to open up opportunities for ourselves to be criticized. Anybody just like thoroughly enjoy that? Oh, I love to be criticized. Yes, rip me apart. <laughs> no, we don't like that. But I'm telling you, if you're willing to say, hey, what's something that I can be working on? Like if you were to go to somebody that you trust that will shoot you straight and say, you know, what's one thing I can be working on? What do you see in my life that I could just do a better job with? Number one, if you were to come to me and ask me that, that would be a huge blessing to me. Because that tells me that you're actually serious about walking with God and you're showing some good signs of maturity. It's a blessing to my heart. And number two, I'm going to be honest with you and it will be a blessing to you because then you'll know, you know what? That's a good point. I need to take that into consideration. When I was in Mexico, Brian and I did this with each other. He did. He came to me and he said, you know, is there anything that you can see that, that you know, any, any point of weakness or is there anything that I could do better? That's what he asked me. I'm like, What? But we had a great conversation. And then at the end of the week, you know what I asked him? I'm like, Brian, is there anything in my leadership or anything that I've handled that I should have done a better job with? We had that open conversation together. And it was a huge blessing to both of us. And now he and I are closer because of that. We need to be able to do that. We need to. Proverbs 15.22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Okay. Purposes are disappointed if you don't have counsel. Do you want to glorify God? Do you want to make something of your life that pleases the Lord? Well, then you need counsel. If that is the purpose that you desire in your heart and in your life, well, then you need counsel. Because there's no way we can do it alone. And then lastly, Proverbs 20, verse 18. Every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice, with good advice make war. These guys are going to go out and they're about to make war. You better get some good advice. So these guys are going to go out and spy out the land. They're going to bring word back and they're going to come up with a battle plan in order to conquer the land. And you need to do the same thing. And so you'll be very, very wise to get some insight from other people, especially people that you trust about your own heart, your own mind, your mission field, and talk about these things constantly. So you have to learn from your past experiences and the experiences of others. I wanted to include this picture because I like this picture. All right. So this was the mission team. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people on this team that before we left, which is this picture, were terrified and scared out of their minds. But the reality is, from the experience from the trip and the things that God taught them, they are now completely different people. And for those of you that went on the trip, would you agree? Completely different. In a good way. And that person that you see there is not the person that you see today. Because of the things that God taught them and the experiences that they have. And you guys need to take advantage of that stuff. All right, point number two. So he tells them to go out and to spy 
and he tells them to spy secretly and strategically. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about this. Secretly and strategically. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy. There's the word. What is it? For those of you that can read English. Come on, everybody. Secretly. All right, I got a chunk over here. Let's do it again. Secretly. Okay, all right. There's three fours. One more time. Secretly. All right, it's by secretly saying, go view the land, even what land? It's in your Bible. It's in your Bible. Say it. Jericho. All right, okay. I know it's early Sunday morning, but we all got to get those synapses firing. Okay, so to spy secretly and to spy out Jericho. So secretly and strategically. So secretly, like I said, these guys had to be good spies. They weren't going to walk into Jericho and say, hey, what's up? We're Israelites. We're going to come. We're going to conquer your land. We're just checking things out a little bit. You know, just see how you guys got any weaknesses. Hey, who's the strongest person here? Like, they're they're not going to do that. That's dumb. That's like a quick way to die. All right. So when you are spying out your land, you need to spy it out secretly. Free time. For a time. I know me and my personality. When I go to school, when I've gone to school, when I've gone into workplaces and I've gone into opportunities that I might have with people, it's very easy for me to take the back seat, observe and not say anything, and then just not say anything. But the whole point of spying is to look for opportunities, see how God is working in the midst of you and the people that are around you, and then take advantage of those opportunities. Okay? So you can be quiet for a time. But it's in order to come up with a plan, to observe, to find out what's going on. So these guys had to do that. They were supposed to spy secretly, not to announce who they were and what their intentions were, but to go in secretly. And he says, strategically, strategically. So you can keep your plan quiet until you're 100% ready, but you got to think strategically. So think about this for a second. How much of the land did God give them? All of it, okay? So let's pretend Israel, okay? Here's the Sea of Galilee. You got Israel here, Egypt down here. You have right here, I-77 will be the Jordan River, okay? And then you have them over here, North Canton Vikings. Go Vikes. All right, that's where I'm from. Sorry. Okay. All right, so over here, and then they're coming over here, okay? They're going to cross over the Jordan. They're going to come. So as these two spies cross the Jordan, and they get over here onto Frank Avenue, this is where Jericho's at, all right? So they're going to go and they're going to try to conquer Jericho. But they go over secretly and this is where they're going to go. But God gave them this. But they had to start here. So when it comes to your life, your own heart, your mission field, think big. Because God has given you your heart, your mind, your mission field. And it is yours for the taking. However, start small. Think big, but start small. If you don't start small, you'll never accomplish anything. Because you're going to get so overwhelmed by the big that you'll never conquer the small. And if you don't conquer here, then you're not going to conquer here, 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 and the rest of the land. You have to have a success somewhere. And God gives them Jericho first. That's the first place that he wants them to go. So that's the area they're going to go and spy out first. So God is not saying, hey, be perfect right now. And he's not saying that about you. Or, hey, go out to your mission field and win everyone to Christ right now. He's not saying that. 
He says, here's your mission field. Get a heart for it. Get a burden for it. It's mine. I've given it to you. Take it. But start here. Start at this place. What's that one thing that keeps tripping you up constantly that you know is going to always get in your way? That is your Jericho. The one thing that you keep messing up in over and over and over and over again, that is your Jericho. And I want you to keep that in mind as we move forward in these chapters because we're going to bring that up again. Because Jericho is a beast. It is a walled city that cannot be conquered by your own power. And that's where God begins. So we're going to talk about that in future weeks. So think big, but start small. And then look at this. And they go to the land, even go to go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a whose house? Okay, 100% of you speak English. I know you do. And I think 100% of you have a Bible or can look at one. What does that word say? Harlot's house, named Rahab. Okay, so they went to a harlot's house? Does that not, I mean, is that weird to anybody? Okay, so I'm going to go into the enemy territory and I'm going to a harlot's house. A woman that sells herself for sex. Like, that's not weird? (laughs) And I love God. Hold on. (laughs) You see what? Okay. This kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But they're thinking strategically. Now, there's a couple of reasons why they chose Rahab's house. Number one, think about it. It's a harlot's house. It'd be the perfect place to hide. The enemy would not expect the, the people of God to be lodging there. Correct? Okay. So as they're spying out the land, I mean, imagine these two guys. They're going into the land. They're going in the land, and as they're scoping everything out, they're hearing conversations. They're seeing people and how they interact. They're just from a distance. They're checking everything out. And there's a woman there that catches their eye for whatever reason. Not necessarily because of how she looks, but because of how she's carrying herself. Maybe the conversations that she's having with people. And they hear her talking about Israel. They hear her talking about the things of God. And yet she's a harlot. That would have caught their attention, wouldn't it have? So then at that point, then they go and they find out more about who Rahab is. And what kind of person she is. Find out about her family. And they're like, you know what? This is the right place for us to go. Because look at what Rahab says later. I want you to read this passage. We're going to get to it later. But here, look at verse, let's see here. What do I have on you guys' study sheet? I don't have anything there. All right, verse 9. Okay. So this is the point where she ends up hiding them on the roof. And we'll get to this in a minute. And it, and it says, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites, which are on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. What? Like this is coming from a mouth of a harlot. And do you know when these events occurred? Think about this for a second. When did these events occur in the history of the nation of Israel? 40 years ago. Probably before she was born. And so she hears the stories of what occurred to the nation of Israel in Egypt and how they destroyed these two kings. And she says, and our hearts did melt. We know that God's given you this land. See, this is why they picked Rahab. Harlot, her household, they wouldn't expect them to be there because it's a house of a harlot. 
And number two, they probably heard her and her family talking about the things of God in the streets. And then they would, they would have known this woman right here. This is the right place to go. Thirdly, and we'll find this out later, her house is on the wall. So it's like the perfect escape route. That if anything bad were to happen, they're in a house with a woman who fears God, but it's the house of a harlot, so they wouldn't expect them to be there. And she lives on the wall. So if anything bad happens, we can go out the window of the wall and we can be out of there in no time. This is like the perfect plan. And God had already been working in Rahab's heart and in the heart of her family for nearly 40 years to bring him up to this point. This is why you guys need to spy out your land. You need to be observant about what God is doing among your friends, among your family, in your own heart and in your own mind. Because when God is working something, they stepped in and they didn't have to figure everything out. They just had to be observant and say, okay, where is God working? What is God doing here? How are we going to be able to take this city? And as they're listening and as they're looking and they're paying attention, they see Rahab. They see her family. They hear what they're talking about. They see where she lives. And they're like, this is it. This is it. This is the opportunity that God has given us. Make sense? So we need to do the same thing in our own life. We have to, to spy out strategically, to spy out secretly. And it also made me think of hunting. For those of you that don't like dead deer, I apologize. But this was a buck that I had shot. And I tried to make sure I found a picture with no blood. But when you're hunting and you're spying things out secretly and strategically, you have to. Like if you want to get a deer, you have to. Deer are highly intelligent. They know what they're doing. They got a sniffer like no other. And so you have to make sure you know what you're doing before you go out into the woods. And so my dad and I, what we would do is that we would try to strategically pick a place. And that place is picked based on where the deer travel. And we have to prepare ourselves so that way they don't pick up any of our scent. So that when we're out in the woods, we can then shoot and kill something and bring it home. So we can have meat in the freezer. Spiritually, we got to do the exact same thing. We have to. And then this leads us to our third point. So once you're able to learn from your past experience, the experiences of other people, and you're supposed to go out there and secretly and strategically spy out that land to make sure that you're working things out the way that God wants you to, the third thing is, is that you obediently press forward and you watch what God will do. Watch what God's going to do. As you obediently press forward, having that heart attitude of whatever God I'll do, wherever you send me, I will go. And when God tells you to go, which by the way, if you don't like it or not, whatever, God's told you to go back to school this week. He's told you, and so he's already told you to go, so you might as well go with a right heart attitude. You might as well go and spy out secretly and strategically because it's your mission field that he's given you for these small years that you've got in, in high school. And now you obediently press forward and you watch what God is going to do as you obey. All right, so these two guys, we've already set up the context, and now let's read through the rest of the chapter with this in mind, all right? Okay, verse one. I'll kick it off and let's share the, we'll share it with the front row. Okay, you guys read two, two verses each, all right? And we'll come back to me. We'll do it that way, all right? Okay, if you don't have a Bible, you can just borrow Jake's. Good? Okay, thanks. All right. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold... There came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. Go ahead. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. 
And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting the gate, the gate when it was dark, and the men went out, whither the, the men went, I woke not, pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up, up to the rooftop, roof of, roof of the house, and hid them with the stalks of flax, uh, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the forts. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up and unto them upon the roof. When she said unto them, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When he, when ye came out of Egypt, and ye did unto the two kings of Amorite, that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you, for the Lord your God. He is, in, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token. And that you will save alive my father, and my mother, and my brethren, and my sisters, and all, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for, her, for yours, if ye utter not, this our business, and it shall be, and the Lord hath given us the land, and deal kindly truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. Alright, let's start second row. Sam. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be, be blameless of this thine, and the oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind the line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and he will be guiltiness, gutless, and whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on your head, if any head be upon him. And if thou order this our business, then we will be quiet of thine oath, which thou hast made us to, to swear. And she said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and bound the scarlet line in the window. They went and came unto the mountain, and abode there, and there, there three days, until pursuers were returned, and the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned, and descended from the mountain, and passed over, and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country did faint because of Alright, so you see how all this unfolded. He told them, Go out, 
secretly spy out the land, strategically start at Jericho. Remember what God has done for you. And as they go out and they observe and they obediently press forward, do you think that they were scared? Yes. The answer is yes. You think that they were scared walking in enemy territory? Yes. How many times have you stepped out knowing that you are supposed to obey God and you have been terrified on the inside? Pretty much every time. <laughs> every time. Including me. Every time. But as I do it and I step forward obediently, trusting that God has told me to do this, this is something that he's made me able to do, and I step forward in confidence, not of my own, but because of him, then he helps everything else work out. Everything work out. You just have to be willing. So these two guys are willing. They went out, and as they obediently pressed forward, they watched what God did. God had already prepared the way in front of them. They didn't have to make the way. God already prepared it. It was already there. They just had to be observant. They just had to be observant. Is anyone observant about how I'm speaking right now? (laughs) Think about that in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own life, in your own mission field. I think there are many of us that, that think that we have to be some genius and come up with some crazy ultimate plan in order to win everyone over to Christ. No. God is the one that does that. He's already working out the plan. He's in the business of softening people's hearts. He's in the business of doing things in people's lives to make them soft towards the truth. Your job is to be observant to that. And as he opens up a door, you walk through it. You're not, your business is not to open up doors. That's what he does. He unlocks the door. He'll crack it a little bit. You just have to be observant. Oh, hey, there's a cracked door. I wonder if I should walk through it. Hmm. Yeah. All right. And then you do. And then watch what God will do. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. We overcomplicate it and we talk ourselves out of serving God. We overcomplicate it and we talk ourselves out of serving God when we shouldn't be doing that. So these guys had no idea what God was going to do until they they went and observed. They had to go first. They had no idea what God was going to do until they went. And so just think about this. If you never go, you'll never know. If you never go, you'll never know. You'll never know what God could have done if you never went. And God will show you probably one day what you missed if you would have went. So think about that. So after these guys did what God told them to do, he looked out for them all along the way. Even though at times I'm sure it was they were terrified. As soon as they got into the city, the enemy knew they were there. They went to the place where they were. So much for the perfect plan. Now we're in the harlot's house. Now we're trapped. She's like, no, I got a plan. Get up to the roof. I've got stalks of flax. Hide in there. I'll let you know when they're going. They had to trust her to not give them up. That would have been scary. That would have been a very scary moment. But God took care of them every step of the way. God, they realized what God was doing in the midst of Jericho and in the hearts of all the people. They got a vision and a burden and they got an excitement to take the land. Can you imagine when these guys came back over Jordan? Like as soon, like I'm sure they would have been terrified. And they said, wait in three days in the mountains. Okay, the three days. They're like, should we go? No, no, no. Three days. We should wait three days. Okay. And then finally they're over there. They cross back over I-77 and now they're back and they're like, God's given us the land. God has given us the land. We've got to go. We've got to go now. And what kind of an excitement that would have brought to the rest of the crew. And I think about, I think about the team that we just took to Mexico. And I think through that, God should have given you an excitement, a burden and a vision You've gone over into enemy territory and you've come back and your excitement should now make everyone else excited to go. 
It should. It should. Because you just experienced something that made you very, very uncomfortable. But did God take care of you every step of the way? You bet he did. Did he do more than what you ever thought he would do? Yes. So you have something to talk about. So I think from this lesson this morning and from having our testimony and fellowship time later this afternoon, it's not a coincidence that we're doing these these days before you start school. This is not a coincidence. God has given you an open door for you to get excited about your mission field. He's given you 24 hours, some of you 48 hours to get right with him on some stuff that you just need to get right before you step into enemy territory and you need to do it. All right, so in conclusion, I'm gonna give you guys maybe about five minutes max. And when you guys are done, you can just go ahead and leave. But at this spot at the bottom of your guys' study sheet, I want you to consider your land because we gotta prepare for war, but we gotta prepare for war God's way, not our own. So consider your land, your heart, your life, your mission field. Think big, but start small. What is your Jericho? No one else needs to see this but you, but what is your Jericho? What's that thing personally that keeps tripping you up over and over and over again? You need to identify your Jericho. And then secondly, secretly and strategically come up with a plan to spy it out and go. What is your plan? You got to have a plan. What's your plan to spy out your land? It begins with you walking with God first. So that has got to happen. But what's your plan to spy out the land that God's given you? I'm going to pray really quick. You guys can do this and then you guys can go. Father, thank you for this lesson today. I pray, God, that we would take these things to heart and that we would be obedient. That you would take these things and just fire us up in order to serve you better. Because we know opposition is going to be coming. But what great opportunities can arise out of opposition? And it is true. We'll never know unless we go. we got to be obedient. So I pray we do that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.